0: and the brave new world world begins, begins, begins. When all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sins, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copybook headings with terror and slaughter return.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you again for joining us uh, for another episode of the Copybook Headings Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Payne. Um, With me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Stevens. Andrew, how are you, sir?
2: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, the Copybook uh, Headings Podcast is a show where we take an old proverb every week, uh, and we break it down and see what we can learn from it, see if there's still any any relevance to these old sayings. Uh, And this week uh, is a pretty... It's a, it's a special week because we have a, a very special guest, and I, I when I say special, I mean in the sense that uh, without his efforts, this podcast may have never come to fruition. Um, he is the owner, proprietor, uh, founder, and chief, you know, head barbarian in charge of a group called uh, Exit. Uh, our guest today is uh, Kevin Dolan. Kevin, how are you, sir? Hey, good to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for for being on and. Um, uh, we'll give you i I'd like to have you explain kind of what exit is here in a moment, but, uh, uh, Andrew and I are both members of this group that Kevin founded a while ago. And, uh, that's how we met. And we were able to kind of get this, uh, um, it facilitated getting this podcast started. So I'm really excited to have you on. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about who who you are, how it started and, and what this group, uh, exits all about.
3: Uh, yeah, so I got doxed and fired in, uh, 2021 along with several of our friends uh, mm-hmm. on the internet and basically ha- had so many people reaching out to me a sort of feeling helpless. Like they, they, they wanted to, because it wasn't just me getting doxxed. It was, it was a bunch of us and we all were sort of like, what is there to do about this? How, how can we help each other? How can we uh, make this not something that we have to worry about and you know a couple of people offered me you know hey I'll, I'll put in a word for you at my job and see if we can get something figured out so you can take care of your family and i thought you know it it, it seems like instead of taking like one path through that tree of of possibilities like what if what if i just brought everybody in to like all of those options. Cause like there were so many of those options that I wasn't in a position to take, but that somebody else might benefit from. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought, man, there's, a, there's clearly a really strong network here. There's really strong like goodwill to try to, to try to help each other. Let's get together and let's, let's start talking about what our aspirations are and, and not just in this immediate, like, you know, cause I, I would say, pro- you know, probably, very few of us are in like serious danger of being cancelled because we're you know our our online profile is is so is so high and so spicy that like we need to we need to worry about that but tons of us just want to be in a better situation want to be in a a different making money more independently um more more independent for for example from the school system you know maybe it's guys who um mom has to work still, which means the kids have to go to these schools, which means you're constantly worried about what they're learning. And, and so, uh, it was just organized around how do we get our guys more sovereign, more in charge of their own destiny. And that starts with economics, you know, it starts with, you know, entrepreneurship. We're doing side hustle summer this summer to get guys, uh, making a little money outside their day job. And, uh, and yeah, it's, 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 it's grown quick. It's, uh, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 160 guys and, uh, you know, I've watched as people have made connections like, like, like you guys and, and a lot of really great creative connections, um, have started here. And then also we've had business partnerships, start up. we've had people get into much better, uh, you know, we had, we had a guy who was a, a math teacher who ended up getting a job um in in crypto and uh making you know three or four times what he was making and just just really cool stories like that so anyway that's that's what exit is and that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of all about these days
1: yeah yeah that's excellent and uh I've been a group since since mostly the beginning or si- I've been a member of the group since pretty much the beginning. Um, I Andrew, were, were you, did you come in kind of, kind of early as well?
2: Yeah, I came in pretty early. Um, I'm, I'm not a super, super online, super edgy guy, but, uh, but I like reading a lot of stuff to, to the, the more online edgy guys, right? I guess that's how I came across, you know, uh, Kevin's story and, and, and exit. And I'm, I was more in, definitely more interested in like the, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fraternal organization. so like making friends with other men uh, and also just the, um, yeah, like trying to come up with a way to have income that's, you know, not dependent on, on another job, like being more independent financially. Um, that, that has always interested me. So when, when this group came up, like, yeah, I will to give that a shot. Um, there's some great, great accountability groups and within exit. Um, and the one I've, I've liked the most is, is there's a, a content creation group we meet every week that we you know talk about what we're working on if we're if we're writing if we're podcasting if um i guess those are those are the main ones for uh you know, but um it's it's been it's been fun and, and spurring me to pursue my creative endeavors so it's, it's been great
1: yeah and uh um uh kevin you've had a uh um uh pretty large following on twitter for a while and, um, and is that, that's kind of what precipitated this people coming after you and trying to, trying to expose your identity and get you fired. Cause you said something, you said something too, too cool and exciting or, or what? Is that what happened?
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just way, I'm just way too cool and interesting and fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, basically, yeah. And, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to join this group originally when I didn't even know what it was was to support you because you did constantly give, um, stuff on, on your Twitter page that was made people think, made me think. And so I was like, well, you know, I just, I kind of wanted to support you for that. And that's not allowed nowadays in the corporate world. You're not allowed to make people think.
3: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's, it's the, the systems that we built that our that our ancestors built to protect our freedom and to, and to, uh, enable us to speak freely they've been sort of there's been an end run around them. they've been not necessarily even captured but they've they've just been circumvented so that instead of you know the police it's still illegal for the police to come and you know tell you you're not allowed to say this and that but uh, but you can absolutely be fired and 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 what what has transpired is basically... The uh, the institutions of of the Civil Rights uh, Act and the the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission have created an incentive structure for all these corporations to hire their own internal, essentially political officers to to I mean like so the, the direct like profit incentive is for them to avoid a lawsuit, but what that amounts to is th- they're incentivized to snoop out you know. Wrong think, bad bad, bad uh, you know thought crime from all of the employees of that of that corporation. and so it's like people act as if uh, cancellation is this is this uh, public outrage like people like a, a mob, a, a groundswell of people got mad at you for the things that you said, and that's almost never how it works. The, the way that it works is like a small group of like quasi-professional uh, antifa goons uh, th- they create just enough of a sort of online like outrage moment that it gets the attention of the political officer at your employer and then the political officer at your employer has to make a decision about are you uh, a nefarious enough character that if you cause problems for the company later on and this event, they didn't do anything about this event. Is that going to create legal liability for them? And the answer is like the bar for that is so low. Like the answer is almost always yes. Like it's almost always the the smart move to fire you. You have to be just mm-hmm. be incredibly valuable and and incredibly like difficult to replace for that to even be a conversation. And so, um, so so yeah. The, the your you know we just saw in the news uh, yesterday, I think. That like Amazon shut down a guy's smart home because uh, a delivery driver accused him of saying something racist, and no. uh, and and bo- both both uh, uh, parties in this situation were black, and it was in Baltimore, and it, and it's like so like you know the 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 like racist element of of the story didn't even make a ton of sense, and like it you know so they came out with like oh it was a false accusation and 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 therefore we we it took us a week, but we reinstated this guy's smart home. And it's like, you know, I'm glad it was a false accusation set or whatever. but like, but like, the point is that a corporation can like mess with the locks on your house and the camera's guarding you while you sleep because you said something they didn't like. like that's the point and um, and the fact that the fact that they're not meaningfully, independent of the state because they th- th- their behavior in that situation the reason they do that is because they are governed by these political incentives that are defined by law and so mm-hmm. uh, the, the idea that there's this this clean line between what what Amazon's doing and like what the like United States government is doing um, is really misleading and so 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 essentially what what I see is our task um, you know in the immediate term is to build uh, build parallel institutions outside these channels of uh, of observation and coercion, but in the bigger picture it's it's a renegotiation of all those freedoms in the face of 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 changing technology we're We're in a different situation now than you know our great great grandparents were, because it just wasn't even a question whether the state, you know, should have the right to like be in your business on this level because they didn't have the capacity to do that. And now, now that they do, we have to have this conversation about we just don't have laws to define all this, and and the laws that we do have have sort of uh, uh, decayed and been circumvented. So so yeah, I, I see the task is like we need to get into a position where we can have. A, an actual two party renegotiation, which means we have to be on much stronger, we need to be in a much stronger negotiating position than we currently are, I'm totally at the mercy of, of, uh,
2: of these corporate jobs. Do you think, uh, do you think there would be like, like to address something on, on the more societal, gover- governmental level, like that we'd see something like we saw a hundred years ago with, the progressive movement being involving, you know, both parties, right? You had Teddy Roosevelt, um, responding to, you know, the, the big companies that America had never seen before. Right. The big, the big barons. um, is, is that, do you think something like that would happen or is it just, uh, not feasible in our current, uh, society?
3: Well, you know, I don't wanna say never, like, you know, anything's possible. I I think. What it will take, though, I, th- I think people under underrate the extent to which, like, the national compact has been renegotiated in the past. Like, how, mm-hmm. how meaningfully different the, like, post-Lincoln uh, system of government was from pre-Lincoln and how different the post-FDR system of government was from pre-FDR and uh the the extent to which those leaders um essentially redefined the terms of what it means to be uh a citizen of the United States uh essentially by 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 force of personality and by and by uh by by just sort of their 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 will and 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 the coordination of of the people behind them and so uh you know it's it's like if you ask, can it be reformed within the present system, uh, it's like whatever comes next will probably still fly the flag, and it'll probably still, you know, be called the United States of America, and it'll probably still um, uh, at, at least rhetorically acknowledge the Constitution, um, but the, like I guess its it's sort of like can it be renegotiated the question is can it be renegotiated? And my answer would be like it is being renegotiated, and it will like the, something different, something new will emerge like we're not in a stable equilibrium yeah um, the the question is is it going to be something that people like us uh can tolerate and survive right. with it? And that's very much an open question okay.
2: So I guess, um, but I don't know about you, Patrick, that kind of brings me to a little bit to our, our topic for today and, yeah. and kind of the individual level of, um, of what people can do and what, what we're doing in exit.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does. It brings us into the, uh, the, the proverb this the week that we thought would be appropriate for you, Kevin was, uh, there's many witty men whose brains can't fill their bellies. And, um, I, I, I made me immediately think of exit. Um, just because, and not that there's guys who are poor or destitute or, or can't, can't feed their their kids so much as just many of us are and were dependent on this corporate system to fill our bellies. And there's lots of guys in Exit uh, that, are, that are real smart, real sharp, and yet they're working maybe below their capacity. They're working for some stupid email job that they hate. And it seems like Exit was a way for them to be like, all right, well, let's let's get together as a group. Let's start bouncing ideas off of each other. Let's talk about different ways you can uh, develop different skills. You can figure out what you really want to do. And it has, it's kind of like a forum for us to, to figure out a way to more uh, appropriately use our skills and our talents. And so that's kind of why I, I picked this, this saying, um, have, um, I'd like to throw it back to you, Kevin, and, and and see, you know, can you tell us a little bit of some, maybe some experiences that you've seen with some guys coming in the group and some of the, some of the ways they've been able to better use their talents uh, versus their, their, their stupid email job once they, once they started uh, exploring other options.
3: Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just like, what is, what is your, what is your corporate employer do for you? Like you don't, we don't all fall into that channel uh, by accident. We aren't actually forced into it. It's, it's the path of least resistance. And, and, and why, what, what hard work are they taking away from you uh, that makes that the easy thing to do? And I think the answer is defining your value. Like if, if, you're, in a, if you're in an email job, you never have to persuade anybody of the value of what you do necessarily. Like work is placed in front of you. You perform the work. You get a check every two weeks. And one of the things that I, and and we're doing this, we're doing this side hustle summer thing where it's like, let's just, I I want the guys to just go make a dollar. And I've, I've, uh, I've, I've created some like surprises for the, for the, for the biggest winners. Um, and and the point of that is just to get people psychologically accustomed to like, I can go, I can go make a dollar. I can go, I can go tell somebody like I will perform this, I will perform this service or deliver this good to you and you will give me money. And, and like, I like I can take control of that transaction. And, uh, and I I think the first time you do that, it just cracks open like this part of your brain that I don't know if it's atrophied in normal people these days, but like, uh, it's it's really hard when you're when I mean I I was there two two and a half years ago, uh, I had I had no idea what anybody would pay me to do, I had no idea like what like which which is such a fundamental question as a man it's such a fundamental yeah. question like like w- 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 what the hell am i good for like uh why 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 would somebody uh want me around and uh like enough to enough to pay me for it and uh finding finding the answer to that question is it involves a lot of courage because you like, you have to try some things. Um, and, and you, you, you have like, essentially you have to have people tell you like, no, <laughs> like, like, and, 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 and that's not just like, no, I don't want to buy you. It's like, it's like you've decided what your value is, what your worth is in this world. And I'm telling you, no, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and like, that's a really psychologically heavy uh, conversation to have, which is why people avoid it. Yeah. And, um, very like even different from being like a sales rep, like if, if you, like, if I sell, if I sell you kitchen knives, if I I, I did cut co in high school, if I'm trying to sell you kitchen knives and you say, screw you, I don't like these kitchen knives, you know, whatever. But if it's like my baby and I, I, I define the terms of what I'm about and, 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 you know, that, that hurts, that hurts to be told that that's, uh, uh, I mean, like in my experience, it's like, oh, you're, you're, you're a grifter, you're a, you're a, A parasite you know and uh and and it's like it's a huge amount of work (laughs) and and to be you know uh to not not to be self-pitying or whatever but like it's 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 psychologically uh way different to hear that when when you have uh on your own decided who you want to be and what you want to do um so I get uh, to get back to the thread of your question, which was um, see, seeing guys who've who've taken uh, their their skills and and applied them differently. Yeah, it's 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 guys like that that math teacher. Um, it's it's guys who have just gone out and like. I think people underestimate how many like small players there are who who could maybe who could maybe buy what you do on like piece rate. Um, even, if, even if what you do is like, I'm a, I'm a supply chain manager at a big corporate, it's like a lot of people think like, oh, I have this hyper-specialized like knowledge base that's, that's totally uh, dependent on like, I have, I, I have to be like an organelle inside this huge uh, organism uh but there's there's a lot of opportunity in contracting there's a lot of opportunity in like you know you, you, may, uh, you know, this small business may not need you full time but they may be willing to like pay you for a little piece of what you do on a temporary basis and and just going out and asking the question i think is is the hardest hurdle for a lot of these guys to clear for the reasons that i've described so, yeah, I, I, that's, I, I don't know if that completely answers your question, but that's, that's what comes to mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, uh, it's interesting. I, th- I feel like this, um, this corporate world with the job and the 401k and the, and the, the health insurance and everything, it, it might be somewhat cultural as well uh, and uh, America-centric. I, 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 a while ago when I was looking for other jobs, I had applied for this company that was out of Armenia. And uh they were so much more like loosey-goosey about stuff. And it was like a tech firm similar to other ones I've I've worked at. But they were like, okay, well, you know, we have this position open, but maybe we could just use you as like uh doing some consulting work here and there. If you don't want to do work full time, you want to do this, that, and the other. And and uh and that kind of opened my eyes a little bit to, oh yeah, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a full-time employee necessarily to do various things. And they seemed just a little bit more open to that than than the, the American firms that talk I talked to. and I don't know if that's a cultural thing or not, but, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely think that there's, there's value in, in allowing yourself to think that way. Uh, and, and, uh, even if you're, a you know, you're, you're working a, a a job, I think it's important to view yourself still kind of a little bit as a, as a contractor, as a kind of mercenarial in a way, because, um, you know, you get, you could have the rug pulled out from under you at any, at any moment. So even if you really yeah. like your job, you're a you're an aerospace engineer working building planes or something, and you really like your job. I think it's important to keep those contacts alive, keep your resume updated, network, do those sorts of things. So if so something comes, you're you're uh, ready to to pivot to something else.
3: Yeah, and it's it's, I mean, you you have to. But people have the illusion that. Uh that having that W-2 is safer. And it's like, yeah. uh, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's Nassim Taleb who, who talks about the accountant versus the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, a taxi driver uh, maybe has bad days more often, like he can't get a fare and doesn't make a lot of money and that's a, that's a struggle. But like the worst day a taxi driver can have is like no fares that day. That's as bad as it gets to be a taxi driver. Um an accountant's worst day is like and we're talking about like a like a, a W two accountant. His his revenue stream is 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 cut off permanently. And he, he 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 all of a sudden has no money and uh coming in. And that is like which of those situations is more high risk, low risk? I mean, it kind of depends on how you look at it, but like having the mentality that you are responsible for your income stream, even if it's the same, you know, amount on the check and it, and it arrives, you know, in a timely fashion twice a month, uh, it, it prevents you from getting blindsided.
1: Yeah. All
2: right. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, I had a, I had a question about something kind of, Back that we talked about a minute ago with, you know, the psychology of of starting your own thing. And, you know, your experience was being pushed in the deep end of the pool rather than kind of on your own terms. Um, Are there, have you, have you seen guys in the group or, you know, just your your experience here with people who've, do people do it gradually? Is it something that, that people do, or is it always kind of a, a precipitating event in, in launching someone into starting their own thing? Yeah, I would say it's definitely
3: way more common for it to follow a layoff or, you know, getting fired. Like most people are sort of pushed um, if they don't sort of like the the types of entrepreneurs that I most commonly see are either like they always knew they were going to be an entrepreneur, like maybe their family like inculcated that value in them and that was sort of always the orientation or it's people who got like sort of kicked out of the nest and we are seeing guys who are working toward it. I mean, we've, we've only been doing this for um, coming up on two years and for most people to build that kind of uh trajectory, like if you really want it to be a painless transition or like a, like a, you know, n- not having to, um, you know, really jam back on the stick to like nose up, uh, you know, when you, when you make the jump, um, it's, it's a multi-year process. And so we've got guys who are in the middle of it who have not, uh, who have not made the jump yet, but the people that I see, uh, who have made a gradual transition, uh, the the ones that I see, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. you have, you have a straightforward, uh, arithmetic problem to solve, which is, how small can i make my expenses during the transition period how much money can i sock away to live on during that transition period and how short can i make that transition period like how how quickly can i get something started up that uh that that pays my bills and like in my situation you know it it wasn't enough that i that i got kicked out like i i also just sort of serendipitously happened to be sitting on uh, some cash from we, we bought a house. that was a lot cheaper than we expected. And, and uh, we had, we had taken out like a 401k loan that we ended up not needing. And so I'm sitting on this pile Mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, it, it, it was in, it was enough money that I thought, you know, basically we had like a year of expenses and I was like, if I can't, make this happen in a year then I just can't make it happen right like that's like and and I think the yeah yeah psychological solution that you have to find for yourself is is essentially how how can you make the leap small enough that you're sort of embarrassed with yourself for not making it like like you know you you should be able to do this like it's 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 not that scary
0: yeah
3: and um and that's what i try to do with the guys like like we 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 had a conversation um with with a guy who was trying to get out of it and he was sort of late in his career and and trying to really change gears and he was kind of scared about that prospect of 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 going into a more hands-on line of work and you know what what we said to him was like I understand that you don't want to be in IT forever, you're trying to get out of it, but if you can go on Upwork or TopTal or one of these contracting sites and go make you know a five hundred dollar a thousand dollar contract uh, on one of these sites doing your you know your wheelhouse your IT stuff then what you will have learned about yourself is that you can always go do that and so the the sort of terror of changing careers is way less because you know if if you if you go into the arborist business and you're trying to you know clean up people's trees for them and you have a bad month and you can't make ends well then you go make a dollar on top towel, you go make a dollar on upwork and 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 therefore, like, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be the dream. It just has to be something that makes the dream less less scary, less risky.
1: Yeah. So um, one question I have for you, uh, Kevin, is is it, it kind of implicit in this in this proverb this week? There's many witty men whose brains can't fill their bellies. It seems like there's. Um, a little bit of a implication of, of manual labor versus kind of intellectual work where maybe it's talking about uh, a lot of guys who are who are bookish or, or they they do a lot of um, you know navel gazing thinking about how clever they are but they can't swing a hammer um, have you seen a, I, I know that that uh, the trades is a big part of exit there's a big um, group of guys who maybe want to get out of the, the, the corporate world or, or they, they'd like to just go build something with their hands. And I was wondering maybe if you could speak to that for, for a moment.
3: Well, to be totally honest, like we thought it would be bigger than it ended up being. Mm -hmm. Um, there were a lot of guys who, uh, I guess there's not really a nicer way to put it fantasized about, uh, trades but when you got right down to it and you you sort of did the math of what kind of money it makes and how much work is involved most of them were like ah you know i'll probably do something else i th- i think i think though essentially what what people i mean some some of these guys do romanticize the actual physical task but i think what they romanticize more than that is a sense of being directly and concretely useful to somebody else in a way that's like not that hard to articulate. Um, another way of putting that is they're afraid of sales, right? Like mm. they're afraid of having to make a case for why their thing is valuable. And, um, you know, um, I, I I I say that as somebody who uh, admittedly like I, I do kind of make my money selling, like, dreams and starlight and, and imagination. And, um, <laughs> you know, like, whatever. I, I, I uh, and, and, and honestly, like, a, a big part of what's hard about that is, uh, like, when, when, when somebody uh, DMs me to say, like, hey, you did this thing and it was meaningful to me. I like that's like water to us to a, 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 a guy like dying in the desert. Like it's so meaningful to me um, to, to be to be told that what I did mattered because um, so much of what I'm so much of what what I am offering to the world with this thing is like. Y- you you have a huge role like i i can i can be like a small part of your story but it's like your story and uh and so i can't like take credit for it i can't like say i made the thing cuz you made the thing um and i facilitated it in like a in like a a small but hopefully meaningful way and uh and so i guess I guess what I would say is I, I think guys, sh- a lot of these guys who are abstract and intellectual should probably just nut up and like accept who they are, accept where their value is, especially in this situation. And it does, like a lot, of, a lot of guys think that um, because it's abstract, because it's a computer job, right? that that that's like what makes it soulless that's what makes it um unsatisfying and and sort of uh not aspirational um but i'll just tell you like i spend a lot of time in front of the computer professionally these days um and it's incredibly meaningful and it feels great and uh and i'm i'm excited to do it and uh so I guess I would I would sort of I would sort of disentangle the various components of that dream. Like do you do you actually like they think about swinging a hammer and then you actually concretize like what that would mean for them, like to actually get paid to swing a hammer. And almost all these guys go, ah, you know, probably not, right? Uh because like yeah. first of all, First of all, their earning potential is just dramatically higher if they do something with their brain. Uh, swinging a hammer doesn't scale. And and the fact is, like, the the way that you make big money in the trades is you become a project manager and a sales manager. Like, you you learn how mm-hmm. to run big groups of guys doing things, and you learn how to work with clients and and sell them things like the only way it makes money is if you turn it into turn it back into intellectual work and uh right there's not there's not really any escaping that and and so like just embrace embrace who you are and the time that you've been that you've been uh placed in
1: Oh I, yeah, I I, was, I I think it's crucial in this endeavor. If you're going down this path and you're unhappy with your your job or your life or whatever, um, where did the advice come from? Was it the was it the Oracle at Delphi that said know thyself? I think that's a crucial component of it. Is you have to be honest with yourself and be like, look, what, what would I? Is this really for me? Would 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 going and working with my hands every day work, work for me? And for some guys, maybe it is. I I know for a fact it's not for me. Um, which even though sometimes uh, it has felt You know, maybe it seems romantic at times, man, what if you just went out and just, just were a farmer, uh, you know, but, um, but, but yeah, I think that's, that's a really, really good insight to have is, is, uh, is to kind of be able to, to create that, that, uh, that uh, system in place to, to, if you wanted to scale and make, make the kind of income that you want to make, like you said, it just becomes, it just becomes sales and sales and management right? and, and IT work probably too.
3: It's, yeah, like the, the, the way that you make big money in this world is you either, you either manipulate machines at scale. So that's like STEM engineering, right? If you have, mm-hmm. if you have the kind of systematic intelligence to, uh, to design really sophisticated machines that can like provide, you know, a penny's worth of value a trillion times then then you can make a lot of money um if if you're not that type of person then you can make a lot of money uh organizing and, and systematizing and managing people and um and there's actually yeah. a ton of fr- and like I it's, it's like not to denigrate like i'm not actually trying to denigrate these trades businesses i'm just saying they're not what you think they are like there's a ton of like some of the, some of the guys, like you, you see these like boomer posts on Facebook and like guys, you know, essentially fed posting running, running their mouths about like everything, like say whatever's on their mind. And a lot of these guys, uh, they, they have that freedom because they run like a window tinning business or like tree service or like a, a, a mechanic shop or whatever. And, and being able mm-hmm. to, Build a little empire at human scale where you you are you are managing relationships with individual human beings and you are changing the lives of your your employees and, and you've built like a little fief in the world that's yours, um that can be an incredibly rewarding thing. I guess what I would say is though, there's not a meaningful distinction between like I knew a guy who um who I admire quite a lot who ran um hair salons and he like he like uh sold all these hair salons their shampoo bottles and he and he like helped them with their branding and their and like that is not like a a, a real like macho hands on like uh you know the the type of of business that people envision but what it was was it was independent it was human scaled it was built on real relationships in the real world and i actually think that he had the same kind of job satisfaction the same kind of sense of accomplishment that a lot of these guys are envisioning when they envision the trades it's not about um it's not about the hands-on nature of the job. It's about acting at human scale. That's, that's what people want to do. And so I, w- I would sort of steer guys more in that direction.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually really good insight. I hadn't thought about it that way. But that, when I mentioned before that I would kind of you know, felt uh, that kind of nostalgic pull towards trades at, in times in my life, I think it's probably more that than, uh, working with my hands necessarily. It's more just the human scale and providing something that's real, a value that you can see. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, and having that freedom is, is great too, to be able to, um, you know, have the freedom to say what you want to say. It's interesting because my, my cousin runs a successful roofing business and he's done really, really well. And he was, Blogging or talking about something, he's always posting online. And recently, he said something that was interesting. He he basically said that when he started, he didn't know that much about roofing. Like he didn't know how to install a roof. And he'd worked in roofing for a while, but he'd only done the sales side of it. And now he's a he's a he you know he obviously knows a lot about the business now. But it was it was interesting to me because I always assumed that he was you know had been a laborer right from the from the get go and knew everything about how to take off a roof. He's like when I started, I he's like I don't know how to do it. He's like but I did know a crew that knew how to do it, and I knew how to like get online and promote myself. And so they, that's all I did. And so now he's, so yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, uh, 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 managing people is a way to scale and, um, and, uh, not necessarily the, the the work with your hands may come along with it a little bit, but, uh, but having that independence and that, that human scale is, is huge. Um, okay, cool. Well, um, um, we can, we can start wrapping it up. I think this has been a good conversation. Andrew, do you have anything do you want to like
2: Luke, back to you. Or no.
1: asking any questions or anything?
2: No, I think I I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, thanks.
1: All right. Um. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. We really appreciate it. And uh, this has been this has been super interesting. Uh, before you go, can you tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find you, and 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 maybe even plug some of the some of the projects you're working on?
3: Yeah. So uh, the the. The site for the group is exitgroup.us, and um, the the big picture orientation of what we're trying to accomplish, like you know, uh, uh, we're trying to get these guys sovereign, trying to get these guys independent, and it's like to to what end, like why, and uh, and ultimately, my goal is I, I I want a world where my kids can have kids, and uh, and uh, and and for these guys to to be in a similar situation. And so we've also started this, uh, this conference this December in Austin uh, natal conference. So it's natalism.org. And that's a, a, a separate project that I started with some exit guys um, to help like study the problem of why, why nobody's having kids, what the, what the consequences of that will be in the next, you know, hundred years. And, um, and, and, and hopefully get, some money in the same room with some good ideas and, and, and launch some things. So, uh, that's, that's December 1st and 2nd in Austin, Texas. Uh, you can get tickets at natalism.org and, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're interested in the group itself, yeah, it's exitgroup.us, Those are the two places I'd send you.
1: Okay. Well, hey, thanks so much. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, remember, there's many witty men whose brains can't fill their belly. So if that's you and you're looking for a way to g- get independent, uh, check out Exit Group. And uh, thanks, a- thanks again, Kevin, for joining us. Thanks, guys.
0: There are only four things certain since social progress began. That the dog returns to his vomit. That the sow returns to her mind. And the fool's bandaged finger goes wobbling back to the fire and that after this is accomplished, and the brave new world begins, when all men are paid for existing, and no man must pay for his sin, as surely as water will wet us, as surely as fire will burn, the gods of the copy will us, with terror and slaughter return.